All right, y'all, what is going on? It is your man, Gerard Kenneth. Thank you so much for checking out my podcast. This is supposed to be a different podcast. This is episode 18. You have to answer for that. So basically, this is going to be a mix between like the regular podcast and actually audio from a video I recently did on Facebook. Um, it was a bit of a rant, but like my heart behind it like it was a legit reason why i was talking about the things that i was talking about and um essentially i was discussing um accountability right and i was in the video i, I talk about certain things and um at the after the end of the video um after the after the audio was done i'm gonna like go over some scripture based on what i was talking about initially but it was essentially like when it did well i go through it in the video but we're actually dealing with a lot of narcissism um in this world in this country um wherever state you are at whatever city you're in wherever you work at who you're around it could be you you could be the person that's narcissistic. It could be the person that you're involved with. It could be the people that you affiliate with that are narcissistic. But and most narcissist people, they don't really like, they don't admit to certain things or they don't admit to things they do wrong. Um, they, they they throw blame on it's It's a lot of stuff with gaslighting and all this other foolishness going on with that. But in any case, let me go ahead and let you guys hear the audio and then after that i'm gonna go ahead and go into scripture real quick the video is pretty short i mean well the audio is pretty short it's about like 30 minutes and then uh we're gonna go ahead and uh, get into this real quick all right check it out uh i'll call this video heavy heart for a specific reason like i said i'm gonna be really brief but um there's a scripture and i uh just off the top but basically said it talks about how we have to be mindful of the plank that we got in, in our eye or the sliver that we have in, some, in our eye versus somebody having a, a, a huge boat or whatever which and and i agree with that a thousand percent and here's my thing i usually we we tend to talk about the world so much the world this the world that the world this but i'm like what about us in the faith and that's something that um me my my homeboys we would well, at least me i would talk about it from time to time just offline I, we would talk about it hey what's going on sis I will talk about it from time to time. But y'all, and I did plenty of videos about this stuff before, like last year, the year before that, about people hurting people and stuff like that. And, and what I'm noticing that, like, especially with the last relationship that I was in, I really started paying attention to the whole, like, narcissism thing. And, and it's heavy within our country. It's heavy with people in the world. But it's even, it's just as bad with people in, in, in the faith. And that, and that thoroughly bothers me. It thoroughly bothers me because people that are not in church, people who are not in the faith, are looking at us as examples. Now, that doesn't mean that we're perfect, right? By no means. But the, the issue here is that a lot of us in the faith are operating like Saul in, in, instead of David. Both parties, both individuals committed sin, right? Both of them disobeyed God and did something wrong. The difference between Saul and David was that one person, Saul, wouldn't take responsibility for his actions. He threw other people under the bus. He made excuses for his sins instead of owning up to it. Right? Hey, what's going on? Yo, we do need to catch up. Yeah, I've been thinking about that for a grip. We, yeah, we need to catch up. So I, I, I hit you up. So, but... You know, he, Saul did that. He didn't own up. See, like people left. Soon as I talked, this is this. 
This is one of the reasons why I don't really do Facebook posts. Because I know people are just like, oh, whatever. I don't want to hear this. It's accountability. We don't want to be... People in the faith don't want to be accountable. People outside in the world, if you ain't saved or whatever, that's whatever, man. Like, I get that. That's part of the MO. Cool. You're worried about work, money, this. But us in the faith, we got something different. We're held accountable to like other things. And even the world looks at us a certain way. But if they're looking at us and they're like, man, I thought you were this. I thought you were that. I thought you were this. I mean, granted, we aren't perfect, right? But the difference between Saul and David is that when, when David sinned, and got caught up, he repented. He repented. He was like, man, you know what, y'all? That was me. I was wrong. I did that. My bad. And he corrected it. Saul didn't. Saul said, oh, no, nah, it was these other people. Saul blamed other people for the sins that he committed. He threw other people under the bus. <laughs> oh, hey, man, what's going on? No, nah, so we're just talking about, like, far as, like, accountability. My heart is feeling a certain way as of late. It's just been a lot of stuff going on. Not with me personally, but just like in general. And I'm just like, my heart just feels some type of way. Cause I'm just like, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so frustrated. I'm I'm immensely frustrated because my homegirl, she said this a couple years back when I first met her, she said, even when it came to relationships, she said, man, it shouldn't be this difficult. It shouldn't be this hard, right? But we're, the issue is that we want what we want and we want it a certain way. And that actually plays a part in narcissism. Or we can't, we don't want to love somebody correctly. We feel we don't want to do any of these things a certain way. We don't want to do none of this stuff. But we want somebody to do what we want them to do. Right? We we want them to learn and understand me and do what I tell you to do. It's a power struggle, especially within relationships. Like I'm just y'all know how I am with with relationships. It's like there's some type of power struggle where there shouldn't be no power struggle at all. Right? Cuz the one who actually has power is who God. And God's the one that gives us strength to do XYZ to XYZ to make decisions, to make choices and stuff like that. Right? But between one another, we're so we're so selfish and we think about what we want versus what we don't take into consideration somebody else in, in a reference to pleasing God we just want to do what we want to do and then or we want to operate how we want to operate and then don't own up to the and don't own up to the decisions we don't take responsibility for the choices that we make we throw other people under the bus oh well I did this because of this it's like no you did it you did it because you wanted to regardless years back y'all like be, before I rededicated my life back to God, me and my ex-wife were cheating. We were cheating on each other. We were in infidelity. And I can easily use the scapegoat of, well, my ex-wife cheated. That's why I cheated too. Right? I can literally use that. And that would that would be legit. That would be a legitimate reason. But what I told people is that after I rededicated my life back to Christ, I was like, nah. I was like, yeah, okay. But wrong is wrong. I did it. I did this wrong because I wanted to and I'm taking responsibility for this wrong. I was wrong about it. I repented for it. And I needed it corrected. I can't sit there and keep blaming my ex-wife for a decision that I chose to do. But a lot of us in the faith, we do that. We're sitting there doing people, we're sitting there doing people wrong, loving people incorrectly, just all type of foolishness. And we're saying, well, I'm doing it because of this. When scripture says to love God with your whole heart and your whole soul and your whole mind and all that nice pretty stuff and then love your and then the second commandment is likened to the first love your neighbor as yourself. 
Now then the question really boils down to how much do you really love God if you can't love your neighbor next? Your closest neighbor is somebody you're usually in a relationship with. And even the Pharisees said, well, who's my neighbor? The dude, the dude or the person next to you is your neighbor, you jerk. But you feel as though your mindset, and this, this goes back to narcissism, you have your mindset is a certain way to where you're like, well, I, I don't have to do that. But you are still, but you're still expecting somebody to do you right. How dare you? How dare you have the 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 the, the gall? Have the I Santo, I'm just I'm really upset. But how dare you have the audacity to think that this person needs to treat me this way and you can't even treat somebody else correctly? How dare that's clearly that's literally narcissism. It's a spirit behind it. It's literally pride at the end of the day, and it's the same thing that operated with, with Satan when he fell. I want people to worship me, but I don't want to worship God. You see what I'm saying? Our mind was, ah. Uh. And so now when it comes to being in relationships, it's like people are hurt. I talked about this last year called the zombie effect. I'm not going to get into that whole thing. But people are hurting other people, folks. So whatever reason is going on in their life, they're using all that negative energy and throwing it on and just, and just, uh, 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 uh. They're uh, projecting it onto somebody else because you ain't healed from some situation in your past. Now you're projecting all that energy on somebody else. Or you're not getting what you're getting. And now you're going to just do somebody any type of way. And now we got to sit there and watch somebody be hurt. Or we got to sit there and deal with the hurt. Because you wanted to do what you wanted to do. Now if the shoe was on the other foot, you would throw a fit. You would tear everything apart. And somebody treated you a certain way. But why is it that we don't have the mindset of, man, even before you commit the sin, man... Or if you're going to hurt somebody, think, man, would I want this to happen to me? Would I want somebody to do me like that? Would I really want that? For, would I really want somebody to treat me the way that I'm treating somebody else? No. I said that before, like a few years back. Who, who wants to get cheated on? Who wants to get smacked up? Who wants to get just mistreated, period? Somebody raise their hand. Somebody click like or something like that. If you want somebody to treat you wrong and treat you just disrespect you or in any state, form, or fashion. Who? Who? Which one of y'all want to get hurt? I'm really upset. Which one of y'all want to get y'all heart broken by somebody? Which one of y'all want to be disrespected by somebody? Which one of y'all want to be verbally, sexually, physically abused by somebody? Which one does... How, how many of y'all? Really? Yes, sis. Yeah, yo, and, and it, frust sis, it frustrates me. I'm trying not to cry because I'm so angry. Like, I'm like, this is getting out of hand. Y'all, do y'all understand that God is coming back? God is coming back, B. There are multiple things happening on this earth simultaneously. And y'all out here just treating people any kind of way that you want to treat them. Any kind of way. Do you know there's a story? I can't think of it. It's in the old, it's in the New Testament it's about the ten virgins. They all had oil, so they were all anointed to do something, right? Technically speaking, one set of five virgins had their oil, and then had another thing of oil. The other set, what happened? Most of us we know this story in Bible. You know what I'm saying? In Sunday school and stuff like that when we were kids. Another set had their five. Uh, they had their thing of oil as well, but then it ran out. And so then when the bride's uh, groom came, 
They about to turn up. Yo, let's go to the let's go to this castle. Let's go to this party. We're good. And then the the five that ran out of oil said, "I'm so upset, yo. You don't understand. I'm like, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I told her that I'm like really vexed because I'm so tired of hearing about people getting hurt. That's I'm trying not to cry. That's it's frustrating to me. And the people that are hurting this other these other people are not taking responsibility. Don't you know you have to answer for that? You have to answer for that. If you don't answer right now while you're physically living, when you see God and when judgment day comes, because it's really going to come, keep playing like it ain't going to come. You're going to answer for it. I ain't talking about people in the world. Like we're supposed to reach them. I'm talking about people in the faith. Scripture says that you're accountable for what you know. And some of us are literally taking God's grace for granted, taking advantage of it, manipulating it as if you can manipulate God and not repent for certain things that you've done. Do you know what happened with David? David sinned, right? He Guess what the consequence was? God said, you ain't finna die, but this baby finna die and something's gonna happen. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> I'm single, single. I'm still single. No, but it's my, it's just people I've been hearing about. Um, whether it's in the faith at the bot in my body where I'm currently at, or just in general. And it's I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. And I'm just like, yo, it's not, it's really not that difficult. Unless you to, to it's not that difficult. We make things complicated because we're holding on to hurt. We make things complicated because we're selfish. We want what we want and how we want it. I'm just fed up. And I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart with y'all because it's been a while. But this is something I, I thoroughly encourage you guys to please examine yourself. I remember years back, I made a post, and this is what, and this is, and this is the funny thing. Oh, did you? <laughs> All right, thanks, sis. Years back, I made a post, and I said, "Man, when are we going? When are you going to examine? When are we going to examine ourselves?" And some random chick like, "Do you examine yourself, chick? Yes." Why would I why would I tell you to do something that I'm not doing? But what she was trying to do was I don't know who the person was. Like I've never seen her again. Now I don't know who this person was. I guess it was following me on Facebook. I don't know. Right? But we see that. Oh, I'm just nobody, it's like no, it's not really nobody. It's like a large handful of us in the faith don't want to take responsibility for our actions. Men and women, period. I heard of, I, I, I was, uh, it's this one cat, his name is Jordan. Yeah, right. No, you're right, but we think that we can. And we clearly cannot. Because ain't nothing happening yet. In Psalm 73, it says, I saw the wicked grow as tall as trees. I'm paraphrasing here. But I knew that, and I was frustrated, right? But he said, but I knew their end. When I started meditating on the things again, I knew they're in. If they keep doing what they're doing, it ain't going to end pretty for them. It says in uh, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. It may be physical death. It may be death to your purpose. It may be death to whatever God got going for you. Death. Period. Period, y'all. It's like, I'm like, own up to your decisions that you're making stop making excuses because basically we, we live in so much of a victimhood that when we do somebody else dirty it's based on something that happened in the past that may not even have nothing to do with that person 
or you're holding on to this baggage or this person actually owned up and said, you know what? I'm messed up. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. My bad. Let me correct this. And then you're still doing X, Y, Z. Right? It's, 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 it's getting out of hand. Listen, guys, the scripture, Christ said this to the disciples. They said, how will we know when you're coming back? He said, there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be natural catastrophes. There's other stuff going on. He said, and Christ said, just like in the day, just like in the days of Noah, so shall the return of the son of man be. That was a sign. From science stuff going on that people don't want to read about, to political stuff, to religious stuff, to natural catastrophes, this stuff, if y'all would just look it up and just read for yourself, it's certain things that the main media outlets are not telling y'all, but it's actually transpiring. Alright, I'm not teaching anymore. I, I work at a I work at a call center. I got a call. I was talking to, I'm not gonna go into too much detail about where they came. Well, I'll talk about the area. In Louisiana, there was a hailstorm. In New Mexico, there was a hailstorm. In Nevada, there's nothing but locusts, but nobody's talking about that. We already know about floods happening everywhere. We know about hurricanes happening everywhere. We know about all this different stuff transpiring. And while in the same breath, we got more, look at the church, look at how people are like, not just over in different countries, but that persecution is slowly re revealing this ugly face over here in the United States. We keep thinking we cool, we know we ain't. We have some of our brothers and sisters in the faith or not in the faith, operating in homosexuality, Forcing that on us to accept it, not tolerate it, because we 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 would tolerate it because we love them, but we want to love the sin out of them, just like any other sin. We got that in our face. We're being persecuted in any short, short uh, any shape, form, or fashion. We're literally doing that, right? But see, some people just left. But in any case, all this stuff, this things. Do y'all know this is something? This is a thing called CERN in Switzerland. All this stuff is transpiring all at once. The enemy wants to destroy us. He got the world. He's trying to get rid of us. And we're just doing a good job. You know what that's similar to? It's just like this quote unquote black on black crime. And how racist white people are just congratulating low key black men for killing each other off. Black women for aborting babies. Just congratulating us. It's the same thing. The enemy is literally clapping his hands and saying good job. Congratulations. You doing my job. I ain't got to do it. I barely have to send any demons out. Because y'all want to just do what y'all want to do. And kill each other off in some shape, form, fashion my heart is heavy that bothers my soul i can talk about relationships and i want to get married yeah okay cool but meanwhile people are in active relationships and can be a light to other people outside themselves and y'all don't care because you want something done a certain way and half the time it's not even god's way because you deliberately choose not to heed god's voice man or woman but you want somebody to treat you correctly You want somebody to love you correctly and you will not even try. I'm being honest. It, 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 it frustrates me. It's like, how, how dare you? As brothers and sisters in the faith, how dare you? How dare you? I'm going to look at this too. This is for myself as well. I have to check myself as well. Scripture says that. It says to check yourself, to examine yourself, to see if you're in the face, to examine yourself. So it ain't just for y'all, it's for me too. There's some, this is a thing called CERN. If y'all know what CERN is, look it up. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's spelled uh, C-E-R-N. It's in Switzerland. 
they're trying to make this big thing when it actually already is already built and they're trying to penetrate a different dimension this is real this ain't science fiction this is real life before Stephen Hawkins passed he said y'all this is not a good idea I wouldn't do it this he's a, he was an atheist he died an atheist he died not believing in Christ he died not having a relationship with God but even God can use somebody that ain't saved if God can use a donkey if God can use a bush he can use somebody that ain't saved to make a point about something all right so you got that established they're literally it's it's a lot of stuff happening simultaneously for us to be out here and we sitting there just acting a fool not the world us us in the faith out here acting a whole fool like god ain't coming back no time soon now does that mean that we're perfect no of course not but what i'm saying is when you sin when you hurt somebody repent for it repent correct that thing Either you correct it with that person or you go to God directly and you correct it. But some of us are making excuses for our sins, iniquities, and transgressions. We're making excuses for it. Don't We're using the same rhetoric that the world is. Only God can judge me. I don't think you really want God to judge you, my dude. I really don't think you want God to judge you, sis. I really don't think so. Because it ain't going to be pretty. Because we know scripture says that there's going to be many people that come to me in the end day and say what? what during judgment day, they going to say, Lord, Lord, I don't know you. Depart from me. You Get out of my face. How about that? I ain't going to sound all elegant like, get out of my face. I don't know you, bro. Get Who are you? What is your name? I did this. Remember me? Who? who, 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 who? Oh, yeah, you may have done that, but I really don't know you. You weren't kicking it with me tough like that. You barely talked to me. Or you didn't talk to me at all. I don't know you. It's just like when somebody gets famous. Right? And we have a lot of people that didn't kick it with that person. As soon as they get on, all these random people pop up out of nowhere. Hey, bro. Uh, you know. Yeah, remember me. I don't know you because you never talked with me. Yeah, I don't know you because you never communicated with me. Who are you? What is your name? I don't know you. And then they say, oh, well, you being brand new? Nah. They're in a different position now. They're in a different position. Praise God. They're in a different position now. So Christ, he's also in a different position as well. Right now, we're in a dispensation of grace. Right? But the next dispensation, is, it's a wrap, y'all. It's a wrap. Ain't going to be no more grace. Ain't going to be no more grace. He's going to be like, who are you? I don't know you. Who are you? It's just like when you get a new phone. And somebody, you don't tell nobody that's your number, you got a new number, right? Got to be just like that. When Christ would be just like that when he come back, new phone, who this? Because some of us are petty like that. New phone, who this? He going to do some of us the same way if we don't correct ourselves. Who are you? New phone, who this? I don't know you. I don't know. You don't talk to me. You didn't keep up with me. You didn't see how I was doing. You in this, 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 this. I don't know you. I don't know you at all. Who are you? Right? Y'all, Christ is, God is coming back. And we in the faith. We in the faith. I'm not talking about people in the world. Like either they're going to come to the faith or they're not. That's their choice. But us. Us that are part of the vine. Us that are either grafted in or re-grafted into the vine. It's us. It is us. It is us. When we sit there and look at the things that Paul was talking about. He was more so talking about people in the faith. He said, y'all jokers is wilding. What are you doing? You used 
to do this. Why are you going back? Yo, I'm going to tell you this thing. I'm going to be really transparent with y'all. I'm always transparent with y'all. I literally deleted an ex-girlfriend recently. Uh, a friend of mine, we were chopping it up. And she was just talking in general. And I got convicted. Like, I didn't want to get the enemy room for anything. And we were talking. And she was like, yo, you know, I told her a while back. I said, yo, my wife is coming. My future wife is coming. I'm going to meet her really soon. I said that this year. I said, my, my, I said, my wife is coming. I need to be, I need to get myself together. I need to stay in preparation for my wife. My wife, and I told that girl that. She hit me up. I, I got discouraged and I got weak and I had to repent for what I did. I mean, we didn't, she doesn't live here. So I did some stuff I wasn't supposed to do. And I had to repent for that. Hey, what's going on? And I had to, I'm being transparent with y'all for a reason. I didn't say, oh, well, you know, no, I was wrong. And I had to repent for that. And so I told the girl, I was like, look, man, I'm not fooling with you, right? I was on the phone with my dad. Y'all, some of y'all don't know, like my, my stepdad came back. He's been in prison for a while. He came back. So he's out now. Praise God. I'm so happy. It was close to 20 years that he's been in. I'm on the phone with my dad talking to him about some business. Shorty sends me a message and says, hey, yo, you busy? Yeah, I'm actually talking to my dad right now. What's up? Send me a message. Oh, no, I can't talk about it right here unless X, Y, Z. So, and then she was like really impatient. So you don't care about my relationship with my, mm, think about that. That just goes elsewhere. You don't care about my relationship with my dad. You're trying to get something from me. You want to be satisfied in a certain position, in a certain way. So you don't care about my relationship with my dad. Some of us, even in the faith, we don't care about other people's relationship with God. We're trying to get something from them for some particular reason that's not going to be pleasing to God. That's just one off right there. Let me just throw that right there. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's so much stuff going on. And so I uh, I was talking to my, my friend, and she was just talking in general, but it convicted me. And I was just like, I'm and, uh, Jerry Flowers, him and his wife, they did a video talking about this thing. But they were like, yo, Certain exes you shouldn't even be in communicating uh, in communication with. Yeah, of course, because their hearts are a certain way. That's what it was just in general. And then you know uh, the young lady she was talking to me about. It. I was like, you know what? Let me delete this. I ain't, mm -mm, I'm not gonna get the enemy no type of room. I deleted another ex that's been on here for years, but like she got married. But I'm like, just in case your husband start tripping for some strange reason, don't come for me. I'm gonna delete you. Because it's just, I'm not going to be graphic, but men and women, we sometimes we use people, we have people as a, as a backup plan. And, and, and for emergency, break XYZ. Break this in case of emergency. And we do that. But y'all, there's so much stuff going on. God is coming back. For us to be sitting there wilding the whole heck out. Hurting people. Making excuses for the sins that we committed. Not repenting. Come on, man. Come on. Y'all think God cool with that? We sitting where a lot of us are literally acting like Saul, being narcissistic, making excuses for our sins, our transgressions, and our iniquities. Like God is okay with it. Like don't. Matter of fact, that's another reason why I stopped talking to the chick. She, we were talking. She said. I was like, uh-uh, God, uh-uh. I said, you know my head and my heart. I want to please you. She was like, well, are you going to feel some type of way afterwards? I was like, you know what? Why am I even talking to you? Why am I Why am I entertaining this? You feel some type of way because I still am sensitive to the Holy Spirit's conviction. 
when I make a decision to sin. Cause it ain't like I messed up. I made I would make I would I made a decision to sin. And I would still get convicted. And the shorty was like, you're not gonna feel some type of way afterwards, are you? Most likely, yeah. So you know what? In order to avoid that conviction, let me just not fool with you at all and get myself together. Leave me alone, because I need my wife. And I still mean that. Because there's things that her and I are supposed to be doing. Why am I fooling with you? Why am I entertaining you? Why would I do that for? Where you're literally trying to steal me away from God. Why would I why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself and the future that God has for me? And my children's children and my future wife. Now why would I sit there and do that? Why? But a lot of us are doing certain things, not caring about what God thinks until it's too late. Until it's too late. Now we send it on good, on good, on good. I'm mocking. Oh God. Why God? Did you repent? Did you go to God? Did you go to the person that you hurt in some shape, form, or fashion? And say, you know what, my bad, I'm so sorry. I messed up, I was wrong, please forgive me. And sincerely mean it. Did you? That's why I'm so, that's why my heart is heavy. I'm tired of hearing about Brothers and sisters, like I'm tired personally, and there's nothing I can't control what other people do. I'm just like, I mean, I'm praying. I pray on, on my own. I hear about stuff. I pray. I pray on my own. I'm like, God help these people. Sometimes I get upset. Like, are you okay with this? But meanwhile, and then other times I'm like, man, I got my own stuff to deal with. But my heart really goes out to people who have been hurt. My heart really goes out to people. Yeah, all that stuff is happening. My heart really goes out to people that have been hurt. Because it's like, on your end, you were just trying to just treat somebody right and do the best you could. And this person was just doing X, Y, Z and thought that it was okay. And now I now you have a decision. Are you going to operate in sin because you were hurt? Are you going to operate in sin because somebody else operated in sin? Are you going to use them as a scapegoat for you to sin? i wait because a lot of us are doing that too. Are we going to use them as, a, as an excuse? Because when we get to God and we talk to God and we don't repent. When we talk to God and we don't repent for it. He's going to say, oh, you know you sin, right? What are we going to do? Oh, well, you know, God, I know what they did. They got an answer for that. But what about you, dad? What about you, son? What about you, daughter? What you finna do? Why did it's too late to repent now? What you, what you got to say? What do you have to say? You have plenty of time to repent. And now you can't. What do you have to say? It's just like us being kids when we were little and we did something. Now we're caught. And most parents will say, what do you have to say for yourself? We're like, oh, I ain't got nothing to say. You don't. Because it's too late. You're about to pay the consequence. Exactly. Exactly. And some of us are unaware of that. Or it's going to taint something. Well, you can be in your purpose and still something get tainted. It can still be tainted. Just like, uh, oh man, there's so many stories. I think about when the Ark of the Covenant came back. The command was not to touch it. One of the guys touched it and died. God told uh, Moses to speak to the rock. Moses spoke, uh, didn't speak to the rock. He smoked the rock this time because he was upset. He couldn't even go to the promised land. He couldn't go to the promised land. What do you have to say for yourself? A lot of us as kids, when we got in trouble, 
an adult or somebody was like, what do you have to say for yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? What can you tell me that will stop me from, from basically judging you and correcting you? What is going to stop me from doing it? That? That's what. What, is, what can you tell me that's going to stop me from whooping you when you're clearly in the wrong? What is going to stop me? And God, when God comes back after all, all this stuff, it's so much hidden stuff, even in history. God, people are going to answer. The world is going to answer for a lot of stuff that's going on. I'm on here too long. I need to cut it off. The people in the world... All these different political powers, these different countries, I'm going to answer for some of the stuff that happened to us as black people, let alone their own people. Scripture says that God's going to come down and plead, give me my people back. But in the same breath, God's going to sit there and deal with the people who were who, who were not saved. He's going to deal with the people who are saved but didn't repent. He's dealing with all of us, bro. He's dealing with all of us. And I'm going to just leave it like that. You have to answer for the choices that you made. I told her ex-girlfriend this. I'm going to end it like this. I told her ex-girlfriend this a couple years back. I said, you can make any choice that you, you can make. You can do whatever you want to do. But what you cannot do is choose the consequence for that choice. You can't get mad at the consequence because you did what you wanted to do. Now you got to pay the consequence. You, you, know, you, you, you know, you made the choice and I got to pay for it. So that's it. Guys, we have to examine. Us in the faith, we have to examine ourselves. We. Scripture says that we are a light. Matthew 5, 14 says we're a light to the world. We're a light on the city of a hill. So people are going to see us. The world is dark. We're the light. And you're choosing to deliberately dim your light. Because you want what you want, or you want to treat somebody how you want to treat them, so you're going to just dim your light. That's something I was telling a friend of mine. I was like, I was dating a young lady, and she felt some type of way. She wanted me to basically dim my light because she felt uncomfortable. So I'm really trying to live for God, and you ain't trying to step up. Okay, bro. Okay. 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 Y'all got it. Y'all got it. Do what you want to do, but just know you're going to have to answer. Just like, if I got to repent for my stuff... If I'm doing something, what, what makes you exempt? I'm not a pastor. I'm not an apostle. I know what I'm called. I'm not going to tell you what I'm called. But I'm not none of this stuff. Right? You don't see me out here traveling. You don't see that with me. But guess what? I still have to answer for the knowledge that God has given me, the things that I have learned. I am accountable for that knowledge. A lot of us. It's like when you get in trouble at school or somewhere and somebody, you knew better. Yeah, you did. You know you did. Make an excuse if you want. But you knew better. You did it because you wanted to. I'm done, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I just pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you just deal with all of our hearts. Father God, I pray and ask you that you consistently deal with me. I pray and I ask you that you just... Allow my brothers and sisters in the faith um, just to deal with their hearts as well. 
convict them in any shape, form, fashion you see fit, Father God. Those who are not saved, those who are non-believers, Father God, I pray and I ask you until you come back that you continue to give them grace and mercy in order for them to come into the kingdom, Father God. And even when they come into the kingdom, Father God, I just pray for those who aren't saved, Father God, that they find the right person, the right peoples that will actually disciple them correctly. Those who have, who have yet to be discipled in the faith, I pray and I ask you that you send the right people in their lives to disciple them, Father God. And Father God, just overall, I just pray and I ask you that you help us to be aware of what's going on and not to be sleep, but to be real woke, not fake woke, but real woke, like truly woke, like really aware of where we're at in this time, Father God. I come against any thought, trick, tactic from the enemy, as far as like my brothers and sisters in the faith, those have been hurt. I pray and I ask you, Father God, that you heal their hearts. That you deal with their hearts about being healed, about wanting to be healed, about wanting to have their hearts mended so that they don't hurt another person. Though I pray and I ask you that, Father God, that you deal with the hearts of those who have hurt other people in any shape, form, or fashion. That you deal with their hearts, that you prick their hearts so that they correct those things. In the name of Jesus, I pray. All right, y'all. I'm out, man. Peace. Okay, yo. So we're back. <sighs> good grief so um in any case uh what i was going to do is actually go into a few scriptures i got a lot it's not really like a few it's a lot <laughs> but i say a few but uh it, it deals with far as like backing up what i was saying about us being accountable for certain things and i actually didn't pull up the scriptures about like wars rumors of wars natural catastrophes and stuff like that i didn't you can actually guys you can actually look that up for yourselves but i did want to talk about like far as like the difference between saul and and david so i want to pull that up real quick so in Saul's case, we realized that, uh, actually he dealt with this twice, but in Saul's case, God had commanded him to do something via, um, the vessel of the prophet Samuel and Saul didn't listen. Right. And so what had happened was, like I said earlier, that he actually threw people under the bus, right? He was supposed to destroy the Amalekites and it says that in, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, and I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. Uh, ch yeah, chapter 15, verse 9, it says, And Saul and the people spare Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and everything that was, that was good. And they were not willing to destroy them entirely, but everything that was undesirable or worthless, they destroyed uh, completely. So now, we fast forward. And, you know, uh, verse 13 says, So Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you, uh, blessed are you of the Lord. I've carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this? Bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. Sam, uh, Saul said, They have brought them they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people that spared the best of the sheep to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have destroyed completely. Then Samuel said to Saul, Stop. And let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Saul said, all right, speak. Samuel said, it, it is not true that even though you were small and significant in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel. And the Lord anointed you over, uh, anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission. And he said, go totally destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are eliminated. Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but instead swoop down on 
swooped down on the plunder with shouts of victory and did evil in the sight of the Lord. This is where Saul throws the people under the bus. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and then gone on a mission which the Lord has sent me and then brought back Agad the king of Amalek and then completely destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoiled sheep and oxen, the best of the things that were to be totally destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in, at Gilgal. He threw people under the bus. He didn't even admit like, man, that was my bad. Nah, you know what, you right. I shouldn't have did that. God did say this. No, he said, no, the people. I did what I was supposed to do, but the people did this. But you're the king of these people, so you should be commanding them. No, that's not what we finna do, right? So he didn't take ownership. Meanwhile, let's fast forward and go to 2 Samuel concerning David. Now, in the previous chapter, basically, David saw Bathsheba. He was supposed to, David was supposed to go out and fight. He was up one night, saw Bathsheba. She was looking, you know, she a black woman, so she's super thick. She blessed and highly favored. Amen. But so he brings her over to his uh to his chambers at his palace, and they get it popping, right? And so, but not only that, he uh, he gets her pregnant, and then he gets her husband murdered. So uh, in war, so basically, technically speaking, he murdered uh, Uriah, which was the Hittite, I believe, and it was Bathsheba's uh, husband. So they were both wrong. So, but in this case, the prophet uh, Nathan comes to David, gives him this story about like uh, a, a sheep, because you know David was a shepherd at one point. Actually, let me read it real quick. And it's going to be uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12. And the Lord sent Samuel, I mean, and the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to David. He came and said to him, There were two men in the city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had purchased and nourished. And it grew up together with him and his children. It ate his food, drank from his cup, and it lay in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler visitor came to the rich man and to avoid taking one of his own flock of herd to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and prepared it for his guests. Then David's anger burned intensely against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. He shall make restitution for the ewe lamb four times as much as the lamb was worth because he did this thing and had no compassion. Watch this. Then Nathan said to David, You are that man. Thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, I anointed you as king over Israel, and I spared you from the hand of Saul, who was doing some other stuff prior to that, right? I gave you your master's house and put your master's wives in your care and under your protection. And I gave you the house, royal dynasty of Israel and of Judah. And there had it been too little, I would have given you much more. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing this evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be your wife. You have killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, your sword shall never depart from your house because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will stir up evil from uh, evil against evil against you from your own household. I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Which actually happened. His son uh, Absalom did that. 
and that was in reference to Tamar being raped by the other brother. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Abinadab. Abinadab, I think. Abinadab raped Tamar, raped, raped Tamar. Tamar, I think she killed herself. Absalom was like, hey, Dad, you need to do something about this. David never did anything about it. So then war happened in between that. And Absalom actually ended up like taking David, some of David's wives, and smashing them. So um, David said to Nathan, I have sinned. Watch this. After all of that, after all of that, David said, man, I done messed up. He didn't throw nobody under the bus. He didn't say, man, it was Bathsheba. She was out there just looking good one night. You know, I had to hit that. No, he said, <laughs> and I mean it just like that. He said, nope, I messed up. Verse 13, and David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord has allowed your sin to pass without further punishment. You shall not die. Nevertheless, by this deed, you have given a great opportunity to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme him. The son that is born to you shall certainly die. Then David went his way. And which is what happened. Um, they had a stillborn. That, that, the baby that the first child that uh, David and Bathsheba had was a stillborn and other things still transpired so david had the answer for that sin he said yes i did it i was wrong and for the most part and then he also and then later on in scripture it talks about how he took time to worship god so in, even in that he took time to repent for the sin and then try and just try to spend time with god like maybe god might change his mind <laughs> if i just go ahead and just worship him and honor him and and you know and just sincerely repent over what i've done but the baby still died so that was that but that did happen now that was in comparison to Saul right Saul did not say oh I was wrong Saul threw people under the bus right so there's other scriptures um let's see here so when I mentioned the 10 uh virgins and it's dealing with uh and I'm gonna read from the amplified version it's Matthew 25 <clears throat> starting at verse 1 and I think I'm going to read it from the message version. God's kingdom is like 10 young virgins who took oil lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five were silly, five were smart. The silly virgins took lamps, but no, but no extra oil. The smart virgins took jars of oil to feed their lamps. The bridegroom didn't show up when they expected, uh, when they expected him, and they all fell asleep. In the middle of the night, some yelled out, someone yelled out, he's here. The bridegroom's here. Go out, go now, and greet him. Then the ten virgins got up and got their lamps ready. The silly virgins said to the smart ones, Our lamps are going out. Give and lend us some of your oil. They answered, There might not be enough to go around. Go buy your own. They did. But while they were out, but while they were out buying oil, the bridegroom arrived. When everyone who was there to greet him had gone into the wedding feast, the door was locked. Much later, the virgins, the silly ones, showed up and knocked on the door saying, Master, we're here. Let us in. He said, Do I know you? I don't think I know you. So stay alert. You have no idea when he might arrive. Right? And that goes into as far as like having a relationship with God. Be mindful of that. Okay. So I'm just going through these scriptures real quick and then we're going to go ahead and uh, end it. Okay? So, um... This, I gotta go down. This is in relationship to uh, about God, uh, Christ saying that our neighbors, right, treating people a certain way, right. So let's go to it. It's uh, Matthew 25, 
And this is dealing with gifts, right? So you got to like do things a certain way. So it says this in uh, Matthew 25, verse 23. Actually, we're going to go to 21. It says, you have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be guilty before the court. But I say unto you, but I say to you that everyone who continues to be angry with his brother or harbors malice against him shall be guilty before the court. And whoever speaks contemptuously and insultingly to his brother, Raka, you empty-headed fool, will be guilty before the Supreme Court Sanhedrin. And whoever says you fool shall be in danger of the fiery hell. So if you are presenting your offering, uh, your offering at the altar, and while and while there you remember that your brother has has something such as a grievance or legitimate complaint against you, leave your offering there at the altar and go. First make peace with your brother and then come quick and then come and present your offering. Come to terms quickly at the earliest opportunity with your opponent at law while you are with him on a, uh, on a way to court so that your opponent does not handle you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you are thrown in a prison. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid the last cent. So it's basically just treating people a certain way. I had an ex-girlfriend actually did that before she had the minister. She actually hit me up. It was like, um, well, scripture says this, so I just need to apologize about everything before you see me up on the pulpit minister. And I'm sorry. <clears throat> and in reality, she actually, to, to an extent, I guess, like, she, she answered, she owned up to her uh, decisions that she made. So, you know, that's that. So the other thing is, uh, as far as like being accountable, like I was mentioning about you being accountable for what you know. So uh, this is in Luke chapter 12, verse 48. And it's dealing with the parable of a faithful uh, steward. The Lord said, who then is the faithful and wise steward of the estate? whom his master will put charge over his household to give his servants their portion of food at the proper time. Blessed, happy, prosperous, to be admired, is that servant whom his master finds so doing when he arrives. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is taking his time and coming, and begins to beat the servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him to the place with unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and yet did not get ready or act in accord with his will will be beaten with many lashes of the whip. But the one who did not know it and did things worthy of a beating will receive only a few lashes. Now, this is the key part for from everyone who has much been given, much will be required and to whom they have entrusted much of him. They will ask all the more. So basically, in one perspective is like if you know what you're supposed to be doing and you're doing the wrong thing, you have to answer for it. Uh, OK, yeah. So uh, Matthew chapter 22 and we're going to start at verse at verse 34. We're going to read the Amplified version. Now, when the Pharisees. Now, when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, muzzled the Sadducees, they gathered. To, they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, an expert. One of them, a lawyer, an expert in Mosaic law, asked Jesus a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment." 
and the second excuse me the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself that is unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others for the whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments okay and this is in luke chapter 10 verse 25 and it, it kind of repeats the same thing but it goes in, into into uh like more detail, but then he starts telling them about the story of the, uh, the Good Samaritan, right? So a certain lawyer, an expert of the Mosaic Law, stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life. Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he replied, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this habitually and you will live. But he wishing to justify and vindicate himself, Jesus uh, asked Jesus, so who's my neighbor? Jesus replied to him, verse 30, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he encountered robbers who stripped him of his clothes, beat him and sent and went their way unconcerned, leaving him half dead. Now, by coincidence, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also came down to the place and saw him and passed on the other side, passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, a foreigner who was traveling, came upon him, and when he saw him, he was deeply moved with compassion for him and went to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him to soothe and disinfect the injuries. And he put him on his own pack animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day he took out two denarii or denari, two days wages and gave them to the innkeeper and said take care of him and whatever more you spend I will repay you when I return. Which of these three do you think proved himself as a neighbor or a neighbor to the man who encountered the robbers? He answered the one who showed compassion and mercy to him. Jesus said to him go and constantly do the same. Now, in reference to marriage, y'all, you guys know how I am about Ephesians five, to, uh, Ephesians five, right? About husbands love your wife like Christ loves the church, and women to be submissive to your husband. But the key thing is this: I said in the video, I said like the closest person to a neighbor, the closest neighbor you actually have is your significant other, is your is your uh, your wife, fellas, is your husband, my sisters. You know what I'm saying? So when we go to Genesis. And this is after the creation. And this is basically a summarization based on um, the words of Moses. Because he actually wrote the five books. Right? He wrote the five books. And that's the actual day. They, they call that the Torah. So in chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 24, it says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. So, but even though they're considered one flesh, he's still an individual person. That's his closest, that's going to be the closest thing, that'd be the closest neighbor ever. It's like the person that you're like, that you're in a relationship with, that you're married to, right? So you want to do the right thing towards each other. But if you're not doing the right things towards each other, you have to answer for that. James 4 says this, and I'm going to read uh, Romans as well. Let's see, we'll start at James 4 chapter, uh, James 4 verse... 13 uh, 13 come now and pay attention to this you who say tomorrow today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city and spend a year there and carry on our business and make a profit yet 
You do not know the least thing about what may happen in your life tomorrow. What is security in your life? You are merely a vapor like a puff of smoke or a wisp of steam from a cooking pot that is visible for a little while and then vanishes into thin air. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. But as it is, you boast vainly in your pretension and arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So any person who knows what is right to do but does not do it to him, it is a sin. So basically, yeah, because if you go back further, further up, it talks about like treating people a certain way. But if you are in a relationship with somebody and you know what you're doing is clearly wrong and you choose not to do the right thing. Okay, you got to answer for that. You have to answer for that. And then you don't repent. Okay, okay. Don't. No, I'm, I don't even want to get started on that all over again. And then we're going to end it with this one here. It's in uh, Romans chapter 14. And just verse 12, it just says this. It talks about how you criticize people. But it says, so then each of, in verse 12 it says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So basically, the things that you do, you have to answer for it. You have to answer for it. Because uh, when we backtrack, it says in verse 10, but you, why do you criticize your brother? Or you again, why do you look down on your brother, your believing brother, or regard him at, with contempt? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God, who alone is judged. But it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will give an account to himself of God. So now, and when it says criticize, let's go into detail with that real quick. Some people are like, yeah, so don't don't tell me that I'm wrong. I'm like, mm-mm, because later on, this same man was telling people, yo, you wrong. And you need to correct that. Then let us not criticize one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block or a source of temptation in another believer's way. Now, it's talking about food and all this other stuff. But essentially, he's like, don't operate in sin. You're going to have to answer for it. Let's go to one last verse. It's on uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 23. And we're going to uh, read it from the Amplified Version real quick. It talks about fruit. Actually, we're going to backtrack to verse 15. Start there. It says, Beware of the false prophets, teachers who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing gentle and innocent, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them, that is, by their contrived doctrine and self-focus. Do people, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the unhealthy tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruit will you recognize them as false prophets. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, or will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, when I judge them, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and have done many miracles in your name? And then I will declare to them publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me. You are banished from my presence. You who act wickedly disregarding my commands. And what was the main command? Love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and then treat your neighbor the same way. But yeah, that's it, guys. That's 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 pretty much it. Um, like I said, the the audio itself pretty much is uh, self-explanatory. But uh, yeah, y'all. Um, 
that's pretty much it, man. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, this is supposed to be a different podcast. This is episode 18. You have to answer for that. All right, peace. God bless. Deuce.